0: For many of us, the last couple of years feel something like a never-ending roller coaster wave after wave of COVID surging and an attempted coup of the capital 1 year ago, high economic instability and hopefully some good things also happened as well. Well, maybe you're searching for some answers to it all or perhaps some insight into what this year may bring for you and the world. Well, you're not alone. More and more people have been looking to astrology to see the patterns that influence our lives, and we have an incredibly talented guide with us here today. Astrologer Dana Lynn Knuckles is known as the People's Oracle, and she's an expert in multiple astrological systems, making her a very popular presence on social media. Culture Shifts Amanda Leclerc spoke with her about why 2022, or about what 2022, may hold for us. So I use a couple of different systems to help me, you know, figure out what the heck is going on here. And one of the systems that I've been using that has been really great at helping me figure out this COVID thing is Chinese astrology. And it's like clockwork. I I, I just don't even have any other explanation for how accurate it is. So the same configurations that we saw in August and September that brought waves, uh, particularly in the southern parts of the United States are the same configurations that's bringing this wave now. And we're gonna see a few more into 2022 and early 2023, but I do have some good news for that. So these configurations really just show us when COVID is gonna be spreading. And these three days are some days where it's gonna be spreading. And I think it's pretty clear with people going back to school and the kind of questionable CDC rules about who can safely be in public are going to be the reason why.
1: Yeah, a lot of things uh, have been changing as far as those rules go. The CDC last week saying uh, cutting the number of days uh, in half that you have to quarantine. Also, I believe New York public schools also posted that uh, symptomatic uh, teachers, uh, if they're not actively having a positive coitus, can come back to school. So. A lot of uncertainty coming up for the next few weeks, the next few months. You also talked about uh, today or or I think yesterday on your Twitter page, you can find Dana at the People's Oracle on Twitter. Also get your questions at her at our Twitter page at DET Culture Shift. You talked about a silent wave of delayed uh, illnesses from COVID that you saw coming up uh, in the next few months as we get into May 2022. What is going on there?
0: So one of the things that's happening is that the current guidelines that we're using in terms of public health kind of differentiate between mild illness and hospitalization, meaning that if you're not hospitalized and you're having mild illness, we already know that this is not the case of the thousands of people who are suffering from long term COVID symptoms and what we don't know is how many people are going to be suffering from those long-term COVID symptoms and who's going to have a legitimate uh, diagnosis to help them get the health care that they need as well as any benefits from the government. So one of the things I think we're going to be seeing, particularly as we get into May, from this wave of COVID that we're in now, there's going to be a lot of people blindsided by still having long-term symptoms from COVID. And this is going to usher in what I think is one of our next uh, next parts of the civil rights movement uh, is how are we advocating for the disabled? What are we going to do with people who cannot work to survive? How are they going to get their needs met? And what are the broader economic and social and cultural changes that are going to happen as a consequence of that?
1: I want to get to some of the, uh, the, the nitty gritty of how you how you see these things coming up, how you make these predictions. Uh, you know, as you said, you've been using Chinese astrology, you use sidereal, you're a very big proponent of sidereal astrology, which is different from what uh, most Americans, most people in the West are used to. So what planets and what ways are you seeing those, uh, those work together the, uh, to see how the virus is sort of you know, unfolding as we're going through this year?
0: Yeah, so Amanda, two things. You know, I'm a pattern seeker. I want to see the pattern in the symbols that we use in astrology. And I want to correlate them to actual events. So it's not enough to just have these symbols. I always go back in time, and when things are happening, I make correlations between the symbols. So, one of the main patterns that I've been observing, particularly in sidereal astrology, is that on January 23rd, 2020, Saturn entered sidereal Capricorn for the first time since 1993. So uh, Saturn was in sidereal Capricorn, 90, 91, 92, and 93, which we know was kind of when the HIV AIDS uh, epidemic was really gaining public um, knowledge and activism and things like that. So 30 years later, we have another kind of, you know, pandemic disease that's impacting us what also happened on January 23rd, 2020, is that Wuhan shut down. And that was kind of our first taste of what kind of mitigations and measures that a government or state could put into place in order to protect us from this pandemic. So as we've been moving through all of these wave, I watch for um, transits or planets to move through sidereal Capricorn in order to indicate mitigations. So right now, through the end of March, 2022, We are seeing a huge mass of planets move through sidereal Capricorn, similar to what we saw January and February of 2020, and similar to what we saw March and April, I'm sorry, January and February of 2021, and March and April of 2020. So the difference, I think, this time is that governments are a lot more apprehensive about putting mitigations in place, and I'm calling this a de facto shutdown. Either you shut yourself down, lock yourself in your house, or you get shut down and locked in your house by COVID. And we're seeing that in hospitals already, where there's not enough well people to even work.
1: Uh, You might have mentioned this a few minutes ago as we talked about it, but I I really want to get into, you know, you did predict... I uh, possibly a new variant, possibly another COVID surge as we it into uh, the winter of uh, 2021, now 2022. Now, you're also saying that you are expecting possibly new variants coming next fall and next winter that we are definitely not done with the COVID virus or the COVID virus is definitely not done with us. So how do you see that playing out a year from now?
0: So I think, let's say the good news first, Amanda. The good news is in 2022, you know, one of the predictions I made a couple months ago is that I saw the possibility of a global vaccination campaign beginning in 2021. Sure enough, Texas Children's Hospital had been in the process of developing a protein-based vaccine that can be easily scaled to production in countries outside of America. So that's done and it's already begun in Botswana and India. So that's the good news. Um, But I think the struggle news is that we're not done with COVID yet. And like you said, COVID's not done with us. I do think that 2022 is gonna be our last year of big waves where we're kind of feeling blindsided by these new variants that are emerging, particularly we'll see in America, we're gonna see the variants emerging I think, between the fall and winter. Another set of good news, though, I think, is that one of the predictions that I made back in September was that by uh, December and January, we would see some kind of prophylactic Uh, or antiviral treatments. And we're going to see a lot more of those. I think by the time we get to the end of 2023, we're going to have some pretty effective treatments. I think the downside of that though is the amount of spread and mass disabling that we're going to see in the process of that. And so I'm hoping that the same kind of biotechnological advancements that bring us these antivirals and treatments are also going to bring remedies for the thousands and maybe millions of people by then who are suffering from long-term COVID illness.
1: And we're talking to Dana Lynn Knuckles, the People's Oracle here on Culture Shift on WDET-FM. You can ask your questions over at our Twitter page at DET Culture Shift is uh, where we're at. Go over to her Twitter page to see some of her predictions for the next year. Uh, Now, Dana, we do have a question coming in from Twitter from uh, user Novia Inc., And they say, realistically, I am exhausted, not built for doomsday planning. However, do you think preparing for emergencies, climate or otherwise, is something that should be in the back of our minds for 2022?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to be clear, I'm not advocating for hoarding. Um, I'm not advocating for anything like that, you know, one of the things that's most important to me in my work is that survival is meant to be a shared burden and not an individual obligation. One of the things I've learned here I'm in my second year of living in New Orleans is that the sense of community, the sense of connectedness between the neighbors here is why New Orleans tends to be more resilient community wise even though it's been hit by so many hurricanes and kind of wild climate change induced weather. So for me, doomsday prep or or climate disaster prep is all about building solidarity, alliance, and connection with your neighbors and community. We need each other to survive. This COVID pandemic is teaching us that in a really awful way. And those who have already experienced climate based disasters are learning very quickly that you hoarding toilet paper will not protect you when the tornado tears your house down. What will protect you is your neighbor and the solidarity that you build and making sure that policies are in place to help us deal with the inevitable.
1: Absolutely. So, something, so it's not something. In particular, you see happening, but the, uh, the the main issue is for you that people need to really think about community and uh, where their community's at and and how to how to help both themselves and their neighbors, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, let's be clear. I think I've, I've mentioned this in a thread on Twitter. I do think that the uh, kind of July August through the end of the year, that particular part of hurricane season is going to be pretty difficult. You know, uh, 2020 was or 2021 was somewhat of an anomaly in terms of there was Ida. And I think one more storm that hit Ida was pretty bad because it went all the way across the country to the East Coast, which is absolutely incredible. Um, But I do think that unfortunately, the latter half of 2022 is going to be pretty busy, especially in terms of hurricane season. And if you think that the Gulf Coast is the only place that might be in danger, uh, I strongly suggest that you rethink how you uh, think about where climate disaster can occur, specifically hurricanes. We saw with Ida that, you know, the, the Southern Gulf Coast was just not the only place that's in danger of those things. So, Again, building up solidarity and, and our political response to this is just important to our as our economic response personally.
1: I'd like to get into the, the economics a bit more. Uh, and and on that note, as you just said, you know, up here in Michigan, here in, in Metro Detroit, uh, we think we maybe not have to pay attention to hurricane season. But, uh, of course, a lot of people are going to be affected. And we do get some storms uh, coming up that were hurricanes. We've had a lot of flooding over the past couple of years here in Detroit at an extent that, no one really remembers ever happening before. We do have a failing infrastructure here. A lot of flooding, a lot of loss has happened. Uh, in not so much people, people's lives with that, thankfully. But uh, as you say, you do see that continuing to be a problem. People need to watch out for what's happening with the weather, what's happening with the climate. I, I want to talk, my uh, point <laughs> in economics, I do want to talk about this week is the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. Uh, in your practice did you see anything coming up a year ago that could have uh you know predicted that or or some or you know something along those lines and do you see anything like that coming up in the next few years especially as we head into 2024's election
0: so i have a piece on my blog that i published i believe in 2019 and i actually was studying the astrology of civil war era america And one of the things that I found was that the astrology of that moment was very unprecedented. And the only other times in U.S. history that were parallel or connected to that time were, of course, the 1960s and now. Uh, and so that they were actually just talking about this on 1A, the parallels between January 6th and Reconstruction and post-Reconstruction era. We have some unfinished business. I think everyone knows that, and anyone who does not know that does not want to know it, that we have some unfinished business in this country with regard to race. We have some unfinished business in this country with regard to the Confederacy and, you know, the political and cultural and social aspects of what that brought We definitely have unfinished business as far as Reconstruction is concerned, because that was ended prematurely uh, for political reasons. And so one of the things that I've tweeted about is that President Barack Obama's uh, tenure as president was equivalent to Reconstruction, right? It was this kind of moment where we could say, ah, yes, post-racism, and wrong. It was this moment where we could kind of see the culmination of, of cultural shifts that had been happening between the Civil War, the Civil Rights Movement, and then. What happened on the other side of uh, Reconstruction, what happened on the other side of the Civil Rights Movement, and now what's happening on the other side of the Obama presidency, all of the same thing. There's a huge backlash. We saw the KKK be born, right, on the other side of Reconstruction. We saw Reaganomics and this explosion of Christian theocracy and uh, neoliberal politics emerge on the other side of the 60s civil rights bills and things like that. So now we're seeing another backlash. We're seeing this huge explosion of white nationalism. We're seeing this huge explosion of vigilante kind of violence of which January 6th was a kind of vigilante violence. So all of that to say, a lot of this is about what makes a person a person, right? Does your race, does your gender, does your sexual identity, does that make you a person? And how does the law recognize you as a person. This is a big theme that we saw in 2020 with the George Floyd insurrection and that we're going to see reemerge again this spring in a major 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 way. I hope that made sense.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. And again, we're talking to Dana Lenuckles, known as the People's Oracle. She's an extremely talented astrologer, tarot reader, intuitive reader as well. Yeah, you can get your questions to her at our Twitter page at det culture shift. Uh, get them now. In the next few minutes, we we'll wrapping up. So, Dana, uh, before we do let you go, we got to talk about some hopeful things. <laughs> I know we did before. Off air, we were saying, you know, are there any? And you said absolutely. So let's get into some of the some of the good things that folks might have to look forward to, uh, especially this year, but going forward. Uh, into next?
0: So my good news for 2022, uh, spring 2022, April, that's my turning point of the year. That is, I think, when we'll see the other side of this particular wave of COVID that we're in with regard to the economic and social and health-based impacts that are going to see you do. It won't be a flip of a switch, and it won't be like it never happened. There's going to be some real things that we have to deal with. However, I think that similar to June of 2020, I want to say April, May, and June of 2021 are going to be a taste of what a post-COVID life could look like. Other good news for 2022, this is a great year for biotechnology This is a great year for um, creating treatments, coming up with great uh, research on illness and how COVID is impacting us and making that accessible. I think that's going to be better in 2023 in terms of it being accessible to everyone. And the final good news, I think, depending on who you are, this might not be good news, but (laughs) I think the final good news for 2022 is that we're due for some ripe change uh, we're due for some right change in terms of our economy and the systems and structures that uphold that and i think the people are ready i think the people are gaining agency and courage to speak up for themselves and advocate for themselves with their government and with each other and i think that april particularly is going to april and may are going to be big months where we see folks pushing for major change folks are ready to disrupt and, and bring the changes that we really, really need. It's going to set off uh, probably about a six or seven years of activity. And personally, I'm looking forward to that.
1: I think that sounds great as well. I hope all of our listeners do too. So uh, Dana, before we let you go, uh, top three themes, top three things uh, people should have on their minds for this year.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Discernment is a big word discernment means knowing who to trust and when to trust them. There's a lot of misinformation, a lot of propaganda, a lot of mixed messages, and it's really hard to make sense of it. So one of the things that we're working through this year collectively is learning who to trust and who's trustworthy, and is it going to save our lives or not? Uh, We're going to see this as a big theme, especially May into June of 2021. Another theme is resourcefulness and learning how to work with what you've got. I know here in America, we're used to everything being a click away with Amazon or getting everything delivered or mail or just an abundance of things available. There's really only so long that that can last. And so learning how to be resourceful with the number one resource being relationship in your neighbor is going to be so important. I think the early days of the pandemic really gave us a taste of what being in solidarity and connection with our neighbors could do for us. Uh, I'd say the third theme is racism. This is going to be a really big deal this year. Uh, In a lot of ways, 2021 or 2022 rather is like 2020 and 2021 wrapped up in a big bow for us to really deal with. So buckle up, you know, uh, strap yourselves in, put your helmets on, and we're in for a really, really wild ride this year, guys.